We started off the pandemic strong. 50% of employees felt like they were supported in their well-being. It's dropped by 13%. That takes us down to only 37% of employees feel like their well-being is supported. That's not okay. Welcome to the Up Level Podcast, the podcast that makes our world a healthier, more alive and connected place to be. After listening, you'll have practical tools you can start using right away to up-level the world around you. We're your hosts, Christy Mann and Rachel Baldi. Let's up-level now. Hello, hello. Welcome to Up-Level Productions, Wellbeing in the Workplace. We are going to be setting the stage today with our amazing friend and up-level expert, Jocelyn Peppy from True Living. Hi. Welcome to the Up Level Productions event series, session two, setting the stage for well-being in the workplace. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. We invited Jocelyn because not only is she an expert in well-being in her own personal life, but in organizations. So Jocelyn is going to be with us throughout the whole series. And she set stage today, and then she'll join us at the end of the series to help us come up with the bottom line of what organizations need to know and what individuals need to know as far as well-being. So let me officially introduce you to this beautiful person. So Jocelyn is a certified professional coactive coach. She is a registered health coach, a professional certified coach, and a member of the health Coach Alliance. She is the founder of True Living. So she partners with groups and individuals on a journey of self-awareness and reflection around their habits and their well-being. It enables everyone to truly thrive, build stronger relationships with themselves, their co-workers, and their clients. And the result is a thriving, healthy workforce. And that is what we are going for here. And that's what Jossie and her business does. She's a mother of three beautiful children. And she has felt the impact of being highly engaged. She's a very successful entrepreneur and has had a lot of corporate experience. And then she's also been in, ex- in an experience where she's been out of alignment with her own well-being, and l- which led to total burnout. So not only is she an expert with organizations around this, but she's had her true lived experience, hence her business true living. (laughs) So welcome, Jocelyn. Thank you for helping us set the stage. So Joss, let's start with the question. What is your definition of well-being? Yeah, thanks, Christy. Well-being is so multifaceted. How we have built up well-being at True Living it really starts with oneself and the foundation of well-being is your relationship with yourself how we're interacting determines our relationships with others and so that defines social well-being whether we're in good alignment with who we are and what's important to us and in in addition to that well-being is our physical health so not only is it what we eat and how we exercise, but how we manage and navigate our energy throughout the day. And then mental well-being is such a huge part, how we uh, relate to ourselves, whether it's depression or anxiety or a different um, level of well-being on the spectrum. Mental health is is so impactful on overall well-being. 
And in that, with True Living, we talk about emotional well-being. And as you know, Christy, as an expert in emotions, um, processing emotions and having a healthier relationship with our emotions impacts us overall. And so when we think about it from from my own definition and True Living's definition, well-being is really extremely multifaceted and physical, mental, and social. And that's also how it's defined by the World Health Organization. All right, folks, Jocelyn's already dropping the wisdom. She is setting the stage. That is a really holistic definition of well-being, which is what we're after, right? This is why Up Level Productions wanted to do this series. One of the reasons is because now more so than ever, the workplace has shifted. And again, context for those of you who are listening, we're really zoning in on organizational workspaces. There's multiple types of workspaces, but this is our kind of arena what we, we we feel we have expertise in. So, but everything we talk about can apply to any workplace. And so where do you think we should begin today to set the stage, Joss? Yeah, I really want to begin and acknowledge the success. A lot of organizations have put so much effort and resources into well-being since the beginning of the pandemic. And it, before the pandemic, there there were lots of resources as well. So it's been a huge year and a half of organizations really investing in the well-being of their people. And whether that be like the physical well-being, the emotional well-being, or a big portion of it has been the mental well-being, we've seen growth. So one um, statistic that I did want to share was 46% of organizations have increased their well-being budget uh, compared to what they had in 2019. And 64% had introduced a new well-being product. So we're seeing innovation and partnership across organizations globally. Okay, I got goosebumps. (laughs) I got goosebumps because that's a good news story, you know? Mm -hmm. And in a world where we're really focused on the negative news stories, and we know that there's a way to go inside organizations around providing structures, systems, and programs around well-being, those stats are promising. Yeah, for sure. I mean, organizations have really done a lot to innovate. And so what we want to share today is a little bit further about how to keep this moving. Okay. Well, knowing you, you've got three (laughs) bullets of wisdom that you're going to drop us. So what's the first bullet? (laughs) Yeah. So innovation of well-being in the workplace moving forward. What's your first drop of wisdom, Joss? Yeah, thanks, Chris. So what I want to highlight is with all of the innovation and organizations offering, there's still a very significant disconnect in what organizations are offering, what employees know is being offered, and also then what is being used or used to the advantage of the employees. So whether it's... um Emotional and mental well-being, there's 87% of organizations are offering, yet 23% are actually using this service. So what we want to talk about today is that this impacts, all of this impacts more than how people feel. Well-being goes beyond what people feel. It goes into how many sick days someone takes, uh, long or short-term leaves of absence, and the impact that has Burnout, as you mentioned, has a a severe impact um, on employees and organizations. Job performance is compromised, and we're going to talk about this in a little bit, but we're hearing about the great resignation and the likelihood of people leaving organizations because they aren't well. So 
Again, this is a good news story with innovation. What this presents is an opportunity to retain and gain and engage employees in a new way that we haven't done so before. So the first little bullet that I wanted to share is around right now, what we're seeing is like an eroding support on well-being or getting away from promotion of it and encouraging it inside the organization, a little bit of apathy. And there's also the conversation of stigma, of talking about well-being in the workplace and mental health. In, in the beginning of the pandemic, employees felt incredibly supported and held and everybody came together in partnership. And one of the Gallup studies that I was reading just suggests that there is a, a lag now where employees aren't feeling like well-being is still top of mind for organizations. And definitely, I will say from Uploadable Productions perspective and the many different industries and clients that we're working within, that is what we're seeing. In the beginning of the p pandemic, there was a, well, there was a way that as humans, we came together in that moment of uncertainty, not knowing what was going to happen with our, our health, our livelihoods. And from an organizational standpoint, everybody was sent home to work. And, you know, whether you were, had roommates, uh, spouses, partners, children, pets, other relatives in the home, it was truly transformative to work because now there was no distinction between my personal life and my work life because you are seeing my four walls on Zoom or on whatever video platform is being used. And so you're, you're, what you're telling us, Joss, is that in the beginning, there was support around well-being and there was an acknowledgement of, oh, we're all going through this collective trauma. And now there's apathy. It has dipped. And I will say what I'm seeing is it's back to business as usual. Our clients are expected to drive the same results, if not exceed. Their performance management systems are still built around traditional results of their doing versus who they're being in the workplace. So this system has not transformed to support well-being. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, absolutely. And I am experiencing the exact same um situation in my client conversations where it's back to uh, business strategy and how do we drive business strategy now that we're coming out of a pandemic. It's not about driving a business strategy. It's about a well workforce because at True Living, we live by the belief that a well workforce will deliver results when they're well organizations are missing so much on their bottom line because there's presenteeism, there's absenteeism, not everybody is contributing their best. And I really truly believe that individuals want to feel good and thrive and contribute at their, at their best self. hundred percent that I think that's where a lot of the mental health challenges come mm -hmm. is that folks are in burnout they are experiencing levels of grief, stress that are unprecedented. So how can we expect folks to focus the way they did 20 months ago? So productivity has shifted, but like you said, the systems that support the individuals inside uh, an organization have not. So this is leading us to point two, which you're saying is well-being is a business strategy, period. 
Absolutely. Yeah. Set the stage with that. Yeah. This no well-being no longer is a benefit or a nice to have. Well-being is a business strategy. It has to come the top where the organization believes in well-being and believes that truly well people will be able to come together and deliver us the business results. So it is a top priority in any business strategy, development plan, performance management system, as you mentioned, well-being is in those strategies. This is a way to continue to build trust and retain your current workforce, engaging them in a way that is meaningful to them. If an individual is suffering in their well-being, in their personal relationship, it shows up in their work product, their work life. So as this critical business skill, it's about intrinsic motivation. It's about being supportive. It's about being impactful. It's about motivating and empowering an individual's whole person self. And as you mentioned earlier, it's not work life or work self and home self. It never actually was. People were just masking their work self and their home self wherever they were. Right. Now, because they were separate, right? Yeah. 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 And like you said, like we see, we hear the do- doorbell ring, the dogs bark, the kids come in from school. Yeah, off the bus, like our dog is about to come in and we're going <laughs> to, he's going to wreak havoc on our lives here. So yes, exactly. Our, we're in our work lives, like in our social lives. Yeah. So this, it's, it's a strategy. And so I think we're going to talk a little bit further about how to engage more in these types of conversations. Um, an individual and the organization is only as good as the employee as well. I love that. An individual organization is only as good as the employee is well. Heard it here first, folks, from Jocelyn Pippi of True Living, just wisdom dropping. What organizations from your perspective are actually doing well at well-being as a business strategy, period? (laughs) So as we have researched, so Thrive Global, obviously, is is a huge supporter of well-being globally and having it accessible to all. And when we were doing our research to find organizations who are truly succeeding in this place, um, we found an example of the Hilton Group. And so they've specifically partnered with Thrive Global to disseminate well-being into their organization. So I want to acknowledge that chain for, for really taking the investment and partnering with an outside source, an expert in the well-being arena. And the other thing that they were doing is give a dream, live a dream, where it's after a specific period of time for an employee to get a large chunk of time off, four to six weeks, I think it was, to go do philanthropy or fulfill their purpose or travel and just be disconnected. And so it's like that person gets rejuvenated through that significant period of time off. And I know that we'll have experts sharing further about how their organizations are supporting well-being. Yeah. And and so I'll give a shout out to them right now. We'll have Jessica Schneider, who is the director of Org Dev from Self-Esteem Brands. Self-Esteem Brands is a franchisor of Anytime Fitness and some other wellness brands. And they've really invested in mental health for their employees throughout the pandemic. So she's going to share best practices around that. And then we'll have um, Jill Vaglin from BAM, the agency. She's head of people taking a different approach around diversity, equity, inclusion, and how that is part of well-being and mental health. So come throughout every Wednesday to hear from them. But Joss, the Hilton Group, I just, I find that really interesting. You know, I, that's, I, it kind of surprises me. What's, 
So they partnered with an organization like Thrive to build out like a change management process around well-being to put it within the structure of their organization or what's the kind of, I don't know, synthesis of that business case. Yeah, so we'll talk about this a little bit later. Uh, actually, I'll bring it up now because what's happening here is in a McKinsey survey, 70% of business executives globally um, were going to commit to engaging temporary workers, outside contractors, and freelancers to support well-being. So I don't know the specifics of their partnership. What I do know is partnering around well-being right now with external experts is worth the short-term, maybe uh, higher-level investment. So you get the well-being integrated from experts. So it's going to lead to our next point because leaders can't be considered an expert. Leaders still need to lead, and yes, they're leading people, but we'll talk a little bit more. So I think the, the thing to highlight for sure there is engage the experts, partner with them to integrate well-being into your culture. It's a culture of well-being. So yes, it's a business strategy and it's a culture creation. We're shifting the way work is conducted for the future. So this is the future of working. So whether it's happening in small steps for our generation, I think about my kids and like their future of work is going to look entirely different because of this work and this investment right now. And that's amen. That we need that. We got to yeah. keep innovating this. And for organizations like your company, Jocelyn, True Living, that can actually partner and consult with an organization to build out an integrative well-being program. So it's not just a one-off or I'm checking it off the box, which we see a lot in our field, but it's actually going to shift the culture. So check out Jocelyn at True Living. TrueLiving.ca because this is what she's up to and this is important. She can support you with that. So the third bullet you said, you've given us a little teaser for it, is what? Yeah, so the third bullet is really around authentic vulnerability-based leadership. And the sentiment, just that, authentic <laughs> vulnerability leadership, all right, everybody? That's, you know, that's that's what we're going for now in organizations, right? That's that's what we're fighting for our colleagues and, and the work that we do because we know that it creates a culture of well-being. And what, what else? <laughs> and so I've heard this in my client conversations. Leaders are tapped, probably extremely burnt out, and they don't have mental health training necessarily or the resources right now to support what we're asking of them in terms of well-being. So it's now, if well-being is on a person's development plan, how does a leader support that? So I've heard organizations about sharing stories. It starts at the top with leaders sharing stories, vulnerability and candidly about their own mental health journey, their own levels of burnout, their own well-being. And those that storytelling and authenticity is incredibly uh, valuable and important and built. If leaders aren't feeling equipped to lead a team and their well-being as well as their work product, here's the thing. 
leaders don't need to be experts in well-being or mental health. What leaders need is to be able to be more vulnerable and open with themselves, in touch with their own mental health feelings and emotions. When they're able to do that, leaders then are able to be with another human being's vulnerability and emotions and feelings and challenges. And All right. with that, let's underline that. Let's underline that. So yeah. Leaders, people managers inside organizations in this day and age, the request is not that you be therapists, that you be trained coaches, that you be experts on mental health. The request and the really the need is for leaders to be more in touch with their own emotions, their own challenges, and to be able to be more vulnerable with sharing that so that they can then hold space is the term we use in our field for another, for an employee, for a peer, for a manager. That's what you're saying, Joss? Yeah. So what it comes down to, these are the skills that leaders need are some of the foundational coaching skills that we use. It's about listening, truly, actually, truly listening and deepening and developing your listening skills. It's about listening with compassion and not judgment. It is about, you know, being curious with your questioning and a holding space. So when we're talking about vulnerability-based leadership, it's the skills of coaches. So leaders that have coaching skills are able to hold space for the well-being conversation. Mic drop, mic drop, <laughs> mic drop. You know, this is what uh, Up Level Productions really area of expertise is developing coaching cultures, developing leaders to take a coach approach to their leadership. And since the pandemic, there was like a, a pause in the beginning, I think for many of us, right? When we were all disoriented, not knowing what was going on, people left the office place, went home to work. It has been so busy. It has been so, so busy. And it has been like what we're saying here, the, the need for people managers to have these skills that Jocelyn's speaking about, the ability to listen, to ask some good questions, to acknowledge another person, to not step over an emotion, but actually be comfortable. They don't have to go into it and analyze it, but just to allow it because no longer are our personal and professional lives separate like what we've been saying. It's like almost like back to basics. It's like the basic root foundation of humanity is taking care of your people. It's about social connection. And I think that was one of the things that I wanted to share as we consider wrapping this up. This is human work that requires human connection and human development. There's so much great work out there in technology and apps to support this. And I truly believe human to human connection and partnership is where we're craving in the social well-being sphere of the well-being definition that True and myself share is this is an opportunity for our social well-being to be fulfilled. Say that again. Let's like land that one. This is human work that requires human connection. As a society, we're seeing depression and anxiety rates off the charts like we've never seen before. Social well-being requires connecting to other people, especially around the general topic of well-being. Woo! Got shivers again. Joss, you're just <laughs> dropping the wisdom. We're so lucky to have you set the stage for well-being in the workplace event series and, and just so grateful to have you 
as one of our allies in this work, because what you're saying is, I mean, we all know this. We cannot, we cannot go backwards. And we're seeing, we're, we're seeing some progress or some innovation. Jocelyn brought some great uh, a business case. We're going to bring more of our clients over the coming weeks to talk to you about what they're doing. But this is a tipping point. It's a tipping point for organizations really to break down the structures that are no longer supporting the well-being of their people and therefore are no longer supporting the well-being of their businesses. Joss, where do you want to, how do you want to wrap us up? This has been so helpful to set the stage. Yeah, we're talking about leadership. We're talking about integrating well-being. It's a culture change. It is getting more comfortable and continuing to have these conversations. So we started off the pandemic strong. 50% of employees felt like they were supported in their well-being. It's dropped by 13%. That takes us down to only 37% of employees feel like their well-being is supported. That's not okay. No. What we are here to do, and every organization in the globe is having this challenge with this pandemic, it's a, t it's a call to action to change the way we look at doing business. It's human focused. There you go, my friends. Jocelyn Peppy, True Living, corporate well-being coach and our up-level expert. So grateful to you, Jocelyn, to set the stage. I would love for you just to let people know where can they find you and anything else you want to share about the, your, your product, the work that you're doing. Yeah, thank you. So you can find us at trueliving, T-R-U, living.ca. And on Instagram, we're True Inspired Living. You can follow along with us on LinkedIn if that's your platform at True Living. Our work is really about holistic well-being in the workplace. We partner with organizations to integrate holistic well-being practices and supporting employees from a human-focused approach. And so with that, we also deliver heart-led leadership coach skills training. Yeah, and our team is, is here to support organizations and partner with this innovative new approach to the future of work. Check her out, peeps. They'll be in the, in the show notes. You'll, we'll put links to where you can find Jocelyn and her team and her great work. And Jocelyn set the stage for what's coming every Wednesday. We'll be live with a different professional and two of our actual clients who are doing really cool, innovative, impactful work around well-being in the workplace. So come back and let us know what other topics you want to have these events around because we're all about curating conversations that are going to support your really your our end game is to help you up level your consciousness so that's what we're doing here at up level and we're so grateful for partners like jocelyn and, and true living so we'll see you next week and then jocelyn will join us on our final session she's going to give us the bottom line so you like her wisdom you just wait till she drops it then <laughs> <laughs> thanks christy thanks, thanks up level <laughs> Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us this week. If you love this episode, please subscribe, download a few more episodes and leave a review. Also, we'd love to hear what key takeaways you had from this episode. Be sure to reach out to us on social media. You can find us by searching for Uplevel Productions or looking for our handles in the podcast description. 
We truly appreciate you. Thank you for coming to learn, love, and up-level with us. Until next time.